Brotherhood, multiplication, restoration. We are Sin Network. We're a family, planning churches together. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. What's up, y'all? This is Dahadi Lewis, lead pastor of Blueprint Church and vice president of Sin Network. I am here with two of my friends here, both Noah Odom and Clint Clifton. Um, welcome, fellas. What's up? Good to be here. Um, first of all, I'm excited to you know get on and do a We Are Sin Network. This is kind of like real, real time. Like this is COVID nineteen. We Are Sin Network. This is the new normal. There's no flashing a great lights and no cool ambiance and cool stage. Unless, you know, Noah, you actually have a good um, ambiance <laughs> there. But for the rest of us, we are here. I am here at Blueprint Church, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'm here. Clint, where are you? You are... Dahadi, I'm sitting in the airport in Washington, D.C., uh, Reagan Airport, and uh, I'm about to get on an airplane and fly over to Haiti. Uh, nobody else is flying right now, but I'm picking up a little girl my family's adopted. Man, awesome. I was about to ask, I was like, why in the world are you in the airport? Are you like ignoring the president? Like what's, like what's yeah. happening? Like, yeah, are you the only one there? Well, man, I mean, you'd have to have followed the whole story, but we've been adopting this little girl for almost nine years and we got the visa last night and um, it's been unbelievable. We met her when she was uh, four years old. She's 13 now. And uh, it's been a tremendously difficult thing. There's a bunch of violence going on in Haiti right now, too. So it's kind of like one of those snatch and grabs. I just got to go get her and get out of there. So, Man, what I love about that, Clint, is the fact that, man, this is real time, real, real issues. I know that a lot of the COVID-19 stuff is going on and everyone is like are responding in a lot of different ways. But like there's real life happening. And, and yeah. I love the love of a father who's willing to go into danger and to snatch his baby out. I mean, that's just such a, a picture of the gospel, man. I, I'm, I'm appreciative. Before we get to know Clint, talk, tell him a little bit about kind of what, you, what you're doing, who you are, and all that. By the way, Clint Clifton is the new senior director over development for the North American Mission Board. So I'm always excited. Both Noah and Clint are both practitioners. So I'm excited about them and being... Um, who you are and what, you, what you've been doing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm pastor in the church I planted 15 years ago. Uh, we're about to have an anniversary. I pastored that with uh, eight other men, and it's a fantastic church called Pillar uh, right outside Quantico. And, um, and then working with the Sin Network, excited to see the movement that's happening in Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, and uh, excited to work with you on this level to shape training, coaching, residencies for the whole country. Man, and I'm definitely, we're excited about you and excited about what, you know, who you are and what you've been about. Like, and what I love about it, you know, we always talk about finding elders. You find elders who are already eldering. You know, I want to find practitioners who's already practicing. Like, we're not coming in here and the stuff that you're, you've been commissioned to do is not things that we're hoping that you do. These are the things that you're passionate about doing and that you have been doing it. You know, we've had already talks about the, you know, residencies, we had you on before. I'm sorry for the downgrade and the, and the new ambiance, but, you know, this is the new, this is the new norm. This is the new it's norm. cool. This is more my style. Okay. All right. But moving on, Noah, man. Ah, I'm just, you guys, Noah Odom is my man. 
St. Louis. I'm excited about him coming on. He is not a stranger to Sin Network family. He has been a pillar, you know, for, for how long, Noah? How long have you been a part of the, the family? Yeah, so I planted a church, August Gate, that I still pastor in St. Louis in 2009. And uh, I've been serving as a Sin City missionary since 2011 and been able to lead here uh, in the city and build a lot of the things that the network has been built on. Those core values are, are part of the core values of our church and the core values of what we see happening here at a local level. Yeah, that's exciting. And that just gets me really excited to talk about kind of today, what we're going to talk about. I mean, there's a lot of press, a lot of buzz, a lot of things that's going on out there, you guys. I mean, with Noah, you being kind of the person who is overseeing the senior director over Deploy for us at the Sin Network, kind of focusing in on the care of our pastors, the care, you know, of, of our people, restoration, our, a lot of our gatherings, overseeing those things. Like, what, what are some things that you've seen specifically locally as a city team in St. Louis? What are some things that you've seen taking place in the midst of COVID-19? One of the biggest things I've seen is just the ability uh, for brotherhood, for the sense of family to really cultivate synergy. As this all started to happen, we got our, our city team together on a call much like this, and, and the ideas just began to flow as we found a way to split up our list of planters to make sure everybody was getting touches so everybody's getting care, uh, and as well as to, to gather information because everybody in our city. Everybody has a little bit of expertise in a different area. And when we bring those expertise together, we end up finding better ideas for all of us to begin to implement. And so we got guys that are that are putting out need surveys to their community, guys that are beginning to jump in their hands and feet to serve people that are that need food with all the school closures. We got guys that are finding creative ways to get services and small groups online. I mean, the, there are so many things that the ideas just came because the crisis made them come. Yeah. And, you know, and out of that, like one of the things that we are doing as a network and as a group of practitioners who are really engaging in real life, you, you, you talked oftentimes to us as a team about three areas that we need to be kind of that pastors are going to need in this time. Share a little bit about about those three areas. Yeah, man. So I, I feel like what God is saying to us as a network is in the, the season ahead, what we really need as pastors and practitioners is we need hope and we need help and we need one another. Um, we, we need to have our eyes fixed on Jesus. One of the big things that's been digging into my soul the last couple of days is two places in scripture. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20 and 21, Paul says that Jesus Christ will be glorified, that God will glorify himself in Jesus Christ and in the church in every generation. That means that God is going to glorify himself in the COVID-19 generation. So our churches are a pillar of that glory God is, is ready to use. And then in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, it's that famous text where Joseph says, hey, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And so what we have in front of us is, is an opportunity to hope in Jesus, to hope in the gospel that God is not taken off guard, and then the help, the ability to help one another. Uh, and, and then just that brotherhood, that family, we really need to lean into one another in the season ahead. Man, that's awesome. That, that, that really is. And I think it's really important for us to kind of champion that hope, hopeful in one another. Clint, how, how have you seen pastors respond, you know, there in D.C. and, and in your conversations with leaders across the country? How have you seen pastors respond to this COVID-19 um, yeah, bye. yeah. There's a couple things that that come to mind right away. One is it, it seems to be either in a pretty polar way, either fear or faith. I mean, 
there's there's pastors that are expressing tons of fear, um, uh, you know, in the things that they're saying, the way they're responding. And there's pastors who conversely see this as God's providential work. Um, and we've been praying. I was on a call with 50 planners from D.C. this morning, and we're praying that God would use uh, COVID-19 to advance the gospel, to build the church, to cause us to love one another and um, uh, love our neighbors in an exceptional way. And, you know, and it seems like, you know, pastors are choosing either to shrink back in fear or to have, you know, trust that God has sovereignly worked this situation and is, is using it for his glory. Yeah, I mean, I love that. I mean, that tension there. I mean, and that's really, I would say, is the same way that I'm seeing pastors respond. You know, on one end, you got some pastors who are kind of tone deaf to the to what's going on, and it's just kind of like God did not give us the spirit of fear, right? And we just kind of just move forward and just get tone deaf to all, all the things. But then on the flip side, you have people who are controlled by that that fear, you know, and and our rest of that. What is your advice, Clint, like to those pastors as they are? wrestling with the tension between fear and faith. Like, what is your message to to each one of them? Yeah, each of us got into this ministry, church planting, because we wanted God to use us to do something great. We didn't want to be a part of something carnal that we could figure out or write down on paper. We wanted to be a part of a move of God. And what more, I mean, you know, if you think about uh, the kind of backdrop that uh, with which God displays himself. It's a, it's a backdrop just like this. You know, three weeks ago, none of us could have conceived that we weren't going to have services for eight weeks. That was, if somebody just said that, we'd have said, you're crazy. That's, that's not even possible. Um, none of, no pastor in our generation has ever had a season where they couldn't have service for eight weeks. So it's, it's unbelievable. And it, and it happened on, in, a, in almost a moment. And uh, that seems like the kind of backdrop with which God would do something incredible to, to break down all the things that we rely in and trust in for our success and our, our prosperity and to show us his, his muscle in the midst of it. So I, I'm, just, I'm just saying if you're a pastor out there, especially if you're a church planter, you know, our church planters are on shoestring budgets. They're, they're operating, you know, week to week often, uh, not, even, not even month to month. And, you know, they're, the impulse is going to be to be afraid of what's going to happen to my church. But I, I think we should, we should be baited with an anticipation and excitement for what the Lord's going to do because he's doing something, obviously, and he's, he's not turned his eye from us. He's, he's, still, he's still with us. And, um, yeah, I just, I just can't wait to see what he does. Yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. One of the things that I constantly go around when I, when I get a chance and opportunity to talk is that Matthew 9, 35 to 38 verse or Luke 10 and 2 that oftentimes we, we pray are praying for as a network is the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would, and I'm going to use the word in the Greek that they use, that he would ekbalo us. That word ekbalo means that he would force us out. I really believe that part of this is an answer to that prayer. Now, honestly, you know, we, this is not the way we would have written that script, but oftentimes when we are ekbaloed, we are kicked out of our comfort zone. When there's something supernatural that's going on that we don't know of what's taking place, but it gives us a tremendous opportunity for the church to become, you know, what the church has meant, like the church is scattered. So this is time for us as pastors to practice what we preach, that it's not about Sundays. It's not about just the Sunday gathering, but it's about what does it look like for us to be the church scattered on a consistent basis and how do we reorient ourselves to do church? Noah, I want to ask you, because you guys as pastors, 
in St. Louis has, have literally got together and say, like, well, how do we love our city collectively as a city team? Talk to us about kind of some of the ways and kind of how that has evolved there in St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, the guys uh, together as they're communicating, all of our contexts are different. In St. Louis, we've got the, the urban, we've got the, the really inner city as well as the, just the urban in general. We've got the suburban. We've even got these rural communities, small towns that feed in as bedroom communities. So guys' contexts are really different, but the needs are really all the same. There's relational needs that are huge right now. I mean, we, we can make jokes about it being trapped in our houses. It feels like under quarantine for weeks at a time, one of the greatest needs we're going to need is marriage counseling for everybody. Mm-hmm. But that's really happening. I spent most of my time yesterday, my free time in between meetings on the phone and text messages with couples in our church that are struggling in their marriages because everything is heightened. And so those relational needs are there. And so meeting those relational needs by building systems of care for people to make sure that they're connecting with other people in the church, um, they, they need to hear they need a sense of hope and they need a sense of leadership. I mean, planters just making a short face Facebook video and putting it in front of their people is inspiring their people that it's going to be okay because their spiritual leader is telling them so. They need that, maybe like never before. But then these tangible needs, we get guys all the way from the wealthy suburbs all the way to the, the poor inner city areas saying, we're going to take, we're taking need surveys online because everybody seems to be on social media and, and to our close neighbors that we can get to and finding out what are those needs and how do we even collectively cross match those things. If somebody in the suburbs has resources, resources they want to make available, the church planners playing liaison between those two different dynamics, those contexts to make sure needs are being met. And so teamwork really is making the dream work in this season. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I love what you're saying that you have both a citywide focus and how do we help partner together citywide, but also a local church focus. I love to hear from you, from you guys, like what are, what are some specific things, some specific initiatives that you're doing for your church. So for instance, at Blueprint, um, every morning at 11 a.m., we are doing a Facebook Live um, for our people. One of the things that I'm champion with those, I said, like, we need to decrease the spread of COVID-19, but we need to increase our shepherding of one another, you know? And not only do we need to decrease COVID-19, but we want to increase how to be neighborly, even if virtually, right? And so how do we do that in the midst of a season like this where we're increasing and leveraging this opportunity for, uh, you know, for the gospel to shine. Yeah. So our church, Dehadi, what we're doing is we're building a system out so that everybody can stay connected uh, both to the word and to one another. And so using Zoom and Ring Central and other online tools and then dividing our people up into smaller groups to make sure that they're staying connected to the word corporately, but then breaking them off into smaller groups so they can discuss those things and they can pray together. So like virtual small groups providing that. Um, we, we have upped our game when it comes to our social media presence for discipleship, putting out a daily devotion either in print or in video. So people hit, are able to hit that. Tonight we're releasing a family uh, discipleship uh, structure and plan that I'm going to be explaining to our people so they can we can really challenge uh, fathers and mothers in this season to not just lean on Sunday ministries, but they can take the reins in their own homes to lead out in discipleship. So we've taken all the things that we've had good ideas for in the past or honestly have been secondary, quote, ministries of the church. I've often heard you said discipleship isn't a ministry of the church. It's the ministry of the church. And it's all we have left. We don't have a Sunday show and so we have to give all of our time. And so, man, the Lord is using that to dig us deeper into discipleship. Yeah, that, that's even good to hear Noah talking about that because we, uh, 
that reinforces we're, we're trying to figure out how to how to care for our kids in this season at, at our church and um and the things that Noah just said you know are, are very much in line with what we're trying to do we're trying to create some videos that that help parents uh, uh model conversation starters for kids uh that talk about spiritual things and give them some tools to do that uh, our children's ministry gals working on that and um, uh, also, too, one of the things that we, we're going to start doing, we haven't done it yet. We're going to start uh, on Monday doing it, but we're planning to do a little web series called Glad You Asked, where we're going to address some uh, issues of apologetics. And uh, uh, because what we realized is on Sunday when we ran our live stream, first of all, we had three times more people watch the live stream than have ever showed up at our church in our highest attendance Sunday. Uh, so that was incredible and exciting just to think about that. And then when you're looking through those people, you see that those are uh, friends and acquaintances of our members that are connected to them. So we want to use that as an opportunity when people are peering in that normally wouldn't be peering in to talk about issues that, that they think about when, when it comes to spirituality, to defend the faith, to argue for the faith uh, in that season. So so we're, we're going to teach our people the word on Sunday mornings, but we're also on Mondays, we're going to try to have time where we are um, addressing uh, questions that are related to apologetics. Man, that is, that is awesome. That's exciting to hear, fellas. Um, we're going to wrap it up, but I, I would love for, our, you know, as we are now um, leading together, leading out in SIN Network together, you know, we're over, you know, Senior Director over Deploy, Senior Director over Development, you know, and as we are, like, thinking about this idea of we are SIN Network building kind of a family, building a unit, but also understanding that we're in different contexts with different diversity, the diversity that we have, planting churches everywhere for everyone. You know, what would be your word of encouragement, you know, to, to the network as a whole, the, the family of churches that we have? Each one of you, please share with me what you guys would, you know, consider to be your word of encouragement to the family, to our planning couples, to our to our champions, to our CPCs, our SEMs, to the to the family of Sin Network. Yeah, Hadi, I would say this is what this is what the network's all about. This is why we dig in. I mean, it's not about uh, building a platform for ourselves. It's not about being uh, just a denomination in name. It's about those core values of family multiplication and restoration. Like we're in this together and God has given us just a clear opportunity with what's going on in our society to put those values on display. When crisis happens, we always devolve all the extra stuff on top devolves down to what we truly value. And in this season, we've got to dig in to value family, to reach out to one another. We're going to need one another like never before. The value, the discipleship and multiplication of disciples and not just our churches, but individually within our church of disciple after disciple. And then the work of restoration. We're going to have a lot of work to do after COVID passes to, to rebuild and to build new things. And uh, we have the opportunity to do that together. The, one of the largest forces that I know, if we lock arms all across North America, I just can't wait to see what God's going to do. Amen. Yeah, I'm with Noah on that. I have a friend uh, named Mike McKinley, who's a pastor in our area, and he says... That, that talking about church polity and structure, he says it only matters, uh, polity and structure only matters when the dung hits the fan, so to speak, you know. So uh, in, in this situation, um, our relationship with one another really matters now. It has grit now. We uh, need one another. The survival of many of our churches depends on us locking arms right now. And so I'm just saying, you know, we were doing this on our call in D.C. this morning. 
let's look at one another and say, we got you, you know, we got, we've, we've got your back. We're going to make sure that all of us make it through this on the other side. And, you know, no, we're not going to leave a man behind, so to speak. We're, this is the, the power of being part of a network like this. And those guys who are out there working on their own without any network, they don't have anywhere to look in a time like this. And so let's, let's lean into that, not away from it. And uh, it's a time where we're, you know, everybody around us is sort of isolating themselves and trying to protect themselves. This, this is a time where we look out for one another. Amen. We're definitely better together than we are apart. And that's what I love about being a part of this network, you know, and us leading out in that way. My prayer for, for anyone who's listening, any of our network leaders, my prayer is that just like in the Church of Acts, we saw God forcing them out through persecution, through lots of different means that that is forced out, but that we would see this time, not just as a time that we can survive, but I pray that after COVID-19, somehow God's church would have grown. It would have multiplied. It would have increased exponentially and that we would just see a harvest that's beyond what we can ever hope or imagine. And I really pray that um, as leaders, both through prayer and in, in readiness, that we'd be ready for the harvest by raising up more laborers, more, more people that are ready to be about what, what, about what God is going to see happen. So, Man, brothers, I really appreciate you guys getting on. I'm looking forward to this next season of, of, of serving together with you guys um, in the SIN Network. I'm looking forward to um, cultivating the harvest with you. And I just pray that, you know, whether we're in St. Louis, Atlanta, D.C., or even across, anywhere in North America, that we would know that we are family. You know, we are SIN Network. And, and God is, is doing some things, even in the midst of the COVID-19. So, Clint... Get your baby. Go snatch him. Go snatch Thanks. that girl out and, and let's, you know, and bring her back safe. Man, we'll be praying for you. Thanks, man. God bless. You have been listening to We Are Sin Network, a resource of the North American Mission Movement. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.